0: Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. Today's conversation features the charismatic Jessica Doyle-Mekis, a woman on a mission to transform women's approach towards public speaking. Rooted in her background as a performer and the head of East
1: Carolina University's musical theater program, Jessica's unique insights
0: aid women in breaking through traditional communication barriers. Her engaging work showcases the critical connection between performance anxiety in the arts and public speaking offering women much-needed tactics to overcome fears, boost their confidence, and amplify their voices without fail. Encouraged by the brilliant women in her
1: life, Jessica embarked on a journey to help others articulate their needs and tackle tough conversations confidently. Her unique approach was shaped by her years of experience in the arts, her knowledge of voice research, and her work in combating performance anxiety. Jessica believes that the power of one's voice lies in the muscular strength and proper hydration. Her emphasis on practical techniques like focusing on breath, maintaining abdominal flexibility, and preparing for difficult situations has proved to be a real game changer for many women, helping them reclaim their voice and use it more fearlessly. If you're struggling with using your voice and looking for practical insights, this podcast is for you. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Jessica. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you. Um, You and I met... I would say a few weeks ago, and it was just, you know, we could have gone on forever and ever. And I thought, I have to have Jessica on the podcast. So here we are today. So excited and thrilled to have you. Uh, but more importantly, to talk about your journey and your story as to, you know, what has your journey been like? And how have you found yourself in the role you are now? and as a now, you know, upcoming author as well. So I'd love to hear more about that. Sure. Thank you.
2: First of all, thank you so much for having me. I agree. I, I could talk to you all the time. So this is this is wonderful. So uh, I am I'm a university program head, I head uh, the department of or the program of musical theater at East Carolina University and my background is in theater and I know Monica you have a a background in in performance as Uh well and I heard uh, your last podcast guest as well was talking about being an actor and I was like oh this is so wonderful Uh I think there are there are so many synergies Uh uh, especially between speaking and and the arts so Uh uh, I've worked as a performer as a vocal coach for actors and singers for like the last two decades mm-hmm. uh, i teach voice i teach vocal pedagogy which is like the ins and outs of how the voice works and teaching voice mm-hmm. and about three years ago i started taking that work and translating it from performers to women and i started with the women in my life and it was because i'm surrounded and very lucky to be surrounded by these brilliant, professional, educated women. And yet what they were telling me and what we were finding is that they had been in school studying, whether it was medicine or law or education, whatever it might be, for years, sometimes decades. And yet they could talk all day on their topic, but when it came time to have to address asking for something that they needed or having a difficult conversation or going from just the head of an organization to the talking head Mm -hmm. (laughs) of an organization, they were struggling because though they had been in school for a long time, the commonality was no one teaches you these things. And so I, yes. And so I started out really with just the women in my inner circle. And that really got me to thinking that my unique skill set as a voice researcher and teacher and vocal coach and then working with performers and performance anxiety and mm-hmm. all of these things has a really unique take on, shall we say, public speaking. I don't really call it public speaking. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking up. Right. And so right. I looked at the literature and there were a lot of books, really wonderful books on public speaking. There were also a lot of works on female empowerment and journaling and those Mm -hmm. really wonderful things. But what I didn't find was the crossover, was the how, Mm -hmm. and that's what I do is coming in with the how to speak confidently and clearly and then to combine that with that work to combat performance anxiety.
1: Oh my goodness! I when I read, you know, about your book and what you were talking about, and then there were were just so many synergies that I thought this is so powerful, especially when most of the women that come through our Beyond Barriers Accelerator Program, and we talk about you know, when we go into and start double-clicking in the areas of courage or speaking up or, you know, standing up and standing out, you hear the constant, you know, of the sentences that start with like, I can't or I'm not that type of speaker or I'm not an extrovert or I'll never be able to command a room like that. It was one of those things that your work was really speaking to it. And then for me, it resonated because I realized – the idea of tapping into some of those things of your passion of also being like, you know, a vocal teacher, a voice performance, the voice, you know, thinking about how you kind of pull the power of your voice, um, I thought was so important for it, for our listeners to hear about how th- this is another thing you can control, right? Because there are certain things we can't control. They're out of our control and we can acknowledge them and know that they're there, but what is that? What are the things you can control? And I think voice and learning how to use it is something that we can control. Um, So I'd love to learn a little bit more about <clears throat> you touched on it on getting the clarity mm-hmm. with the women around you. But really, how did you start to formulate and think about how powerful the voice could be? And what are some of the things that you teach, you know, your friends from the very beginning when they come to you and they say, Jessica, like I'm having trouble, you know, speaking up or someone keeps disempowering me. How do I use my voice? What, you know, what sparked that initial idea of I'm going to hone in on this?
2: Sure. I think the first thing is that the voice is something we all have, right? I I like to say if the eyes are the window to the soul, the voice is a type woman. So it's (laughs) Uh your your opening act, right? The the sound of your voice uh, is is always there. It's always uh, the precursor to the words that you say. And we often don't think about, we we spend a lot of time thinking about the words that we're going to say, the outfit we're going to wear, how we're gonna stand, all of those things. But not as much time thinking about how we're going to sound when we say them. And I think that one of the reasons that is, is because there's just a lack of knowledge that that can be changed and Mm -hmm. that that can be improved. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the idea that the voice itself is largely made up of skeletal muscle, which is the same kind of muscle that you work in the gym. And so (laughs) it it can be trained and it can be changed. And it, it actually works with the same exercise principles like frequency and intensity and specificity and all of those things that you would work any other muscle, they're just smaller and not as visible. And so we often don't think about them in that way. So I would say the three really important things for training the voice, preparing the voice to do its really best work. One is hydration. And we all know we need to be hydrated, right? It's important. Mm -hmm. But it takes four hours for the water that you drink to actually hydrate your voice so it takes some time Mm, wow yes so if you are uh if you have a nine o'clock presentation or if you have an eight o'clock call or whatever it might be getting up at seven seven thirty whatever it might be and and starting the water then isn't really going to help you so Mm. that's the idea of just maintaining systemic hydration because the voice itself doesn't have its own hydration or lubrication system Mm -hmm. the other big one with hydration is that anything you swallow if it's lozenges or teas or in, in the singing world we have these sprays like entertainer's secret and throat coat tea that's it's all great if it helps you, but it doesn't actually affect or touch your voice because if it did, you would be choking, right? right. Because the, the, vo- the vocal folds sit mm. you know, it, down in your windpipe, in your trachea. So the thing that does touch them is steam. And steam is such, it is like such a wonder, a wonder drug, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if you will for the voice and that could be as simple as taking a hot shower and leaving the bathroom door closed and just really breathing uh feels good and it's great for your voice you could also if you wanted to make a small investment in a steamer just like the vix steamer is the one that i have and just use it without the menthol inserts steam is so excellent for the voice particularly if you know you're going to be speaking and you're feeling under the weather, or you had a late night and you're tired. A, a voice teacher I know calls it the whiskey troll voice. If you wake up sounding like a whiskey troll, uh, <laughs> steam, is, steam is really excellent for that. So steam, drinking water. And then the other thing to be really aware of is because the voice is muscular, you need to warm it up the same way that you would do a little bit of a warm-up before stretching or before doing strength training at the gym. And a really easy way to do that, and I will show you, and I'll say what I'm doing for the podcast, is to just grab a straw and to just hum, hum through the straw. Just just like little hills kind of Uh higher and higher just nice and easy and it's like two minutes you can do it in the shower you can do it on your way to work whatever it might be and that exercise which is called a semi occluded vocal tract exercise which you will not be quizzed on uh (laughs) my students are uh what it is is if you think of speaking or singing like sitting on a swing and having to pump your legs to get going humming through the straw or if you don't have a straw just humming will work is like someone giving you a push so Mm -hmm. it's a really great way in the morning in particular to get your voice going for the day so those would be the three big things is drinking that water using some steam and then making sure uh, that you're warming up at the beginning of the day.
1: That is fantastic. It's my new morning ritual. There you <laughs> go. Before having to do kind of speaking engagement. I love what you just mm-hmm. shared. And it's so powerful. And, you know, there are certain things in terms of, can you talk a little bit about, we have, you know, individuals and even people on my team who, when it's, you know, time for them to get up and speak about something and maybe it's, maybe they're a little nervous or the emotional and the quiver in their voice, mm-hmm. is there something they can do for that? Like when you're nervous- sure. Mm-hmm. And there's that quiver and you feel like, oh, if I come out quivering or, or my voice sounds small, then it disempowers me. And then I mm-hmm. feel even smaller. What would you suggest for that?
2: Right. Sure, absolutely. So two things. The first one is going to be focusing on your breath. And I don't like to use the term belly breathing, because if the air is going into your belly, you need to turn off this podcast and go to the ER immediately. (laughs) Um, But that idea of allowing your abdominal muscles to not be held in rigidly, and that could be by your own strength, or also by tight shapewear, by clothing Mm -hmm. that women often wear when we... Present. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when you constrict the abdominal cavity in that way, it restricts the movement of our muscle called the diaphragm. And you've probably heard of mm-hmm. diaphragmatic breathing. So the diaphragm is is the vacuum that sucks air into the lungs. And in order for it to fully contract, it has to go down into your abdominal area. And then the idea of belly breathing is that your guts, your viscera have to go somewhere. So they go out and that's how you naturally breathe, right? That's a full Mm -hmm. breath. However, when we constrict, whether it be because we're trying to suck it in or we're wearing really tight shapewear, Mm -hmm. that diaphragm cannot fully contract. And so instead what happens is that We basically live in a state of hyperventilation and that does two things to our voice. One, the uh, quiver that you often feel in the voice is usually from a lack of energy and Mm. energy in the voice is all about the breath. It's all about, uh, I had a teacher in grad school who said that the breath should both relax the body and energize the voice and I think he was saying at the time that mine did neither but uh I've always really liked (laughs) I've gotten much better I've gotten much better since then but I've always really liked that sentiment Mm -hmm. and so that will really help with that quiver the other thing that being aware of the the rigidity of your abdominal cavity does is that the nerve endings that activate our fight or flight response, that nervous mm-hmm. anxiety right. response, live at the top of our lungs. And mm-hmm. the nerve endings that activate the rest and digest response are at the bottom of the lungs. So those shallow breaths are actually activating your stress response. Mm-hmm. So you're actually making yourself more nervous when you're restricting the ability of your of your abdomen to move.
1: Wow, that's fascinating, you know, and I never thought about that. And even me as like a vocal performance person, mm-hmm. when you rehearse, you're like relaxed, you're in there and then you go get dressed and you put on the shapewear you put on all this other stuff and you mm-hmm. don't realize what you're doing is making it harder for you when you go perform in mm-hmm. that moment. Against Absolutely. all the nerves and all of that, you know, the adrenaline you have pumping, which might be helpful, but still, I never thought I, I, in my mind, when you were saying that, I was like, never again, am I going to wait to wear <laughs> right. when I can perform again? Yes. Because it's yes. just like, it's making it harder. Yes. Just ex- take up space. That yes. Is, oh my goodness. Know, that, in is, every way. that was in every an aha moment for myself. <laughs> Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking a little bit about, and, and, you know, I want to hear more about you in terms of. Mm-hmm as you're now also pivoting, right? You're this, you're an amazing, you know, professor, instructor of, you know, performer, uh, creative, but at the same time, we always still have those bouts of those moments of self-doubt or stage fright, right? When you're Mm. overcoming some of those fears, walking out onto the stage, what techniques have helped you overcome any of those kind of moments of self-doubt limiting beliefs or that stage right when you're about to go out there
2: sure absolutely i know for myself uh and i think one of the things that is so important is doing it even and if i have an audition or if i have a, a talk or something coming up mm-hmm. i really and i recommend that all women do this try to prepare in as most realistic of a way that you can. Because oftentimes, mm-hmm. what is scary is the unknown. It's the what if. What if
0: right.
2: I'm late? What if, you know, no one listens to me? What if someone asks me a question that's so out of left field that I either don't know the answer or I can't get back on track, right? Mm-hmm. And so we often start to spiral and kind of ruminate on those what ifs. And the reality is, is that. You can prepare for them so i highly recommend working with a partner and if it's a presentation great have them sit in front of you you know have them have a notepad or Mm -hmm. have their cell phone go off have them get up and leave practice having them ask you something that has nothing to do with your talk so that you can practice maintaining that focus and coming back to it and you might go so far also if you're someone who deals with like shaking legs or that racing heart, things like that, mm-hmm. with if you're worried about being late, great, walk around your house for 10 minutes fast, like you don't know where you're going, and then practice your talk. Or if you want to do a little leg workout in addition, do a wall sit for a minute. Right. <laughs> you know, and activate those muscles, raise that heart rate and then give your talk so what you're really doing is trying to Prepa- to take away the what if that we prepare for what might happen because mm-hmm. we don't know what will happen, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's far less scary when you feel like you're prepared for it. The other thing that I do is I try to turn that nervous energy, and I'm I'm seeing myself sitting in a holding room right now, going, "Is it is it my turn yet? Oh no, that you know there's four people and then me into like, "Is it my turn yet? Like yeah. let's go. <laughs> like when is yeah. it going to be? Me? <laughs> when is it my turn? And trying to take charge of the situation as opposed to letting it sort of take charge of me and then i think the biggest thing is i remind myself and my clients and my students of this all the time usually this is something you enjoy talking about right this is right. something most of the time you've chosen to do this right you've right you've chosen to speak on this topic or to present or to interview for this job or to sing this song or whatever it might be. And so just reminding yourself that like, okay, this is something I like. This is good for me. goes a really long way in terms of helping to Mm fight those nerves as well.
1: Those are so powerful. And I love the real time. I love the idea of like running around and getting your heart rate up. And in those Mm -hmm. moments where you do feel your heart racing and you've got to speak, but then- kind of being able to talk through it already. And it's just one of those kind of reminders of I've done this before, right? Just different mm-hmm. situation. My heart is beating out of my chest, but mm-hmm. I'm still able to perform. Um, mm-hmm. Those are some really great tangible um, things. And I'm sure that my wife in the future is going to wonder why I'm running. around.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, running, yeah. and I'm, like, I'm <laughs>
1: practicing. I'm practicing. Mm-hmm. But I, those are really, really um, easy, tangible things to do. I loved that. Can you talk a little bit about um, when you maybe have overcome, like you've had that moment of failure or a setback Mm -hmm. where, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking that you, you know, someone starts off their presentation and they had a really good hook or they had something Mm -hmm. they were going to say and they fumbled it, or Mm -hmm. you get out on stage and you're kind of slightly sharper, like you didn't quite know. Uh What What are some tips that helped you overcome those situations to like, you know, make sure that you just somehow re-empower yourself? What have you done in those situations?
2: Absolutely. The number
1: one tool
2: that I use and that I give clients is your breath. So if you think of taking a pause or taking a breath, that is the ultimate opportunity to reset, Mm. right? So you can use that And it's okay to pause. That's the other thing is I used to get so excited when I first started teaching and when I would first start working with clients that they would do whatever it was they were doing for me. And then I'd be like, here are, you know, 25 things that we can do right now that's going to help you. And it was so overwhelming. And I was talking so fast and Mm -hmm. um, using that breath is that moment to just recenter, reassess, and take a beat to get back on track. I think that is so incredibly important. Yes. I think the other thing to remember is that you know shit happens. Like life yeah. is, it's real. You know, and, and it, it happens to everybody. There, the people at the very upper echelon down to beginners, we all make mistakes. And I think oftentimes, like just taking a beat or even addressing it in a humorous way, and then moving on. Really gets your audience on your side. And the other thing I would say is that nine times out of ten, you're probably the only person who knows that you screwed up. And so I have, have students and clients who will give some sort of a tell. One of the big mm-hmm. ones I see is if something isn't going right with their voice, they'll kind of like grab their throat or like, you know, put their hand there as if they're going to, mm-hmm. I don't know, get in there or something and, and change it. <laughs> yes. And I say, you might as well have put a spotlight on you that says I screwed up, <laughs> that mm. said something didn't go the way that I wanted it to, right? Whereas if you hadn't, most of the time, nobody is going to know, because mm-hmm. no one usually knows the order of your speech, except for you, right? Nobody yes, knows. Yes. If you were. To, you know, I was at a concert once. And I remember I sang, and I, I wouldn't recommend this, but I sang, you know, the first verse, and I kind of got off. And I was like, okay, let's just go to the third verse. Okay, let's bring it back, you know, and I think uh-huh. that that's, that's, it's really important to give yourself some grace also. And just remember that you are human, everybody gets it everybody has been there and most of the time you can just take a beat
1: and then proceed yes i think it's so powerful how the breath really does it gives you it's kind of two three pronged approach right it gives you that moment to kind of reset it mm-hmm. like you said energizes your voice and mm-hmm. it also gives you that split second for you to think about like the next step what's next or how yes. how, how mm-hmm. do i recover um, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's extremely powerful. But And we don't realize how much just, you know, two seconds doesn't sound like a long time, but is a long time in those moments. And just being able to mm-hmm. like pause, take that breath and move forward mm-hmm. in that moment. I, I
0: love it. What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's. Core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com slash quiz to get your report today. I want to shift gears just a little
1: bit because you also Mm -hmm. are someone who, you know, you work in higher education, Um, Mm -hmm. it can be a very challenging environment. And, you know, you are teaching us all of these great things about, you know, the power of the voice and all of that, but also your own career success in an industry where it can, you know, in higher education can be almost daunting as well, right? Because you're working with Mm -hmm. lots of experienced, educated, intellectual people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, let's talk a little bit about that and where, how you... um, have leveraged that environment to continue to be successful, how do you stay ahead? Like, because mm-hmm. there's, you know, learning is kind of this powerful tool, but we're you can never know everything. So, talk mm-hmm. a little bit about um, your habits in order to stay successful and stay ahead of the game and be one of these, you know, instructors, teachers, thought leaders who is not kind of Getting left behind. What do you do sure. in that space?
2: Sure. So I would say the first thing is, yeah, higher ed. I think like the corporate world can be really intimidating, and uh, I think one of the things that I have to really remind myself and that I, I often share with my clients is you have to know what you're good at. And I think I remember being in college. I was a senior in undergrad so many moons ago, and. My instructor sat us all down, our senior class, and said, "Okay, we're going to go around. And I want you to tell me what you're good at." And we all looked at each other like, "What?" Because I honestly don't think anybody had ever asked me that before. I mean, I was 22, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know that I'd ever really given that any thought. And as a performer, we are constantly told what we need to work on. We're right. Const- I mean, it is process oriented. It is feedback oriented, and so you don't really get asked like. What are you good at? And I think also as women, there's this stigma around tooting your own horn or this idea yes. that we shouldn't be boastful or we shouldn't be, which is just such bullshit. And I think <laughs> yes. that for me, <laughs> I, I know what I'm good at, right? I know. And, and I, I know those things also and this goes in tandem because i've put the time in to become good at them and that's that's a big piece of it is i love learning i love the voice i have sought out mentors i have that's such a big one is no one is going to ring your doorbell and say hey you know i'd like to mentor you i'd like to champion you i think Mm -hmm. you know you might be good at this it's it's reaching out. And so I've just continuously done that, whether it's because I'm reading a book and then I find the author on LinkedIn or whatever it might be of saying, hey, here's my elevator pitch. Here's what I'm doing. I love what you're doing. I would love to learn more about it. And just being very proactive Mm -hmm. in terms of connecting myself with people whose careers I would like to have, basically, you know, mm-hmm. with, with people who's, whose path I would like to take. So I think that is that is incredibly important. Uh, I talk about in my book, uh, what I call the American Idol effect. And mm-hmm. I remember when American Idol started, um, people were just lined up, you know, I mean, they still are, but it was so new. And everyone thought they were a singer. It was like my great aunt Nancy told me, you know, that I'm a great (laughs) singer. And so I'm going to be the next Adele basically. And they were so bad most of the time. And I think that singing, and this is just, it's my world, but it's a metaphor for, for anything that you become excellent at is when you're really good at it, you make it look easy. And I say to my students, wouldn't it be great, you know, if you could Sing from the bottom of your range to the very top and make no adjustments, and everything would just be smooth and everything would just sound good. And they laugh, and it's because that's ridiculous. Like, it's constantly making adjustments to make it look like you're not like it's easy. And that's everything, right? If if somebody is really good at something, it's because they've put in so much time to be good at it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something particularly in today's age of like now that that often gets overlooked is that, yes, it's knowing what you're good at, but it's also you got to put in the work to have the knowledge. You have to try things to have the skills and really, really putting in the time and effort
1: behind whatever it is to get yourself where you want to go. That is so powerful that you said that. And I think it's so important because there are many times when something comes naturally to you, like Mm -hmm. you are, you know, people will say, Oh, you're a natural born singer. But you, if you start to believe that, and then you don't practice and put in the work, then Mm -hmm. there's limitations to where you can go. Mm -hmm. And and as soon as you get that negative feedback, or you don't perform the way you thought you were going to perform, you almost kind of just quit because it's like, if I have to put effort into it, it's absolutely. no longer natural, right? It's no longer, I'm not good at it.
2: Yes, absolutely. It's the same idea of telling a child they're smart. Uh, yeah, You know, if you tell a child they're smart, that's great until they come up against something that isn't easy. And then what are they dumb? Because they yeah, have to work harder Exactly. At it, right. right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I
1: love that. And so I constantly am talking about reframing this idea of constantly learning, that learning is the new superpower, mm. and that the more you're curious and the more that you learn, the stronger that you will get. Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole idea of everybody, all of us, you know, what really look at your strengths and where can you see yourself as a really amazing athlete, but then you need the coach and the practice to become the Olympian, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, so you can mm-hmm. be really good at something, but you've got to practice over and over to mm-hmm. do that. Which I think is so powerful that you said that in terms of you know constantly focusing on what you're good at, but then honing that strength mm-hmm. um, exactly. over and over to do it. Mm-hmm. I think is so so powerful, and I love that you talked about seeking out mentors, and you even kind of took it a bit further where you said even champions, the advocates, the sponsors. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how you build those strategic relationships? Like when you are sitting there thinking Mm -hmm. about what next, what's going to help you? How do you develop that? You, You mentioned like in some cases you find the author, reach out on LinkedIn, but are there other techniques that you use to build those relationships? Sure. So I think the
2: first thing is don't burn bridges ever. I think that's Mm. something that I I push on my students so hard because whatever industry you're in, it Mm. is a much smaller world than you think it is. And uh, I like to say that that talent will get you through a door, it will get you hired. But hard work and kindness and all of those things are what are going to get you rehired. It's what's going to get you, you know, to be someone that people want to work with mm-hmm. again and again. And I I would say, because I've seen clients, particularly women deal with this. So I have a, a, a wonderful uh, client who's out in Los Angeles and she's a singer songwriter. And we were chatting one day and she's been doing, you know, the open mic circuit and, and smaller shows and just really trying to get her work seen by the right people, shall mm-hmm. we say. And she shared with me that she has a family friend who is a record exec and that he wanted to look at her songs and I was like well why haven't you given them to him yeah. and she was like well you know I don't know that that would be cheating or I feel like you know I don't want to I don't I don't want him to judge me or I don't want other people to judge me you know because I got where I am because of my connections that's so ridiculous." Yes. So, so it, using if if you are lucky enough if you are blessed enough to have some sort of access or to have some sort of privilege in an area i feel like it is your responsibility to use that but that only gets you so far. So that might get you a phone call. It might open that door. You still have to get yourself through the door. Yes. Right? And yes. I, I talk in my book about uh, about Nora Jones and that, you know, I don't think Nora Jones sold the millions of records that she did because her father was a famous sitar player. You know, <laughs> I think mean, she sold the records because she's a killer singer-songwriter, right? Exactly. And, and so I think if you are someone who's fortunate enough to have that access or work your network and find that access and then be very prepared when that opportunity arises to take advantage of it and then to help those behind you who also need access.
1: That's such um, insightful and insightful perspective because there are lots of women who don't leverage their network in the same way that our our male peers do, right? Mm -hmm. There's the good old boys network and they don't hesitate to pick up the phone Mm -hmm. and call and say, hey, help me get this job Mm -hmm. or help me get this deal or help me connect me to so-and-so. They don't think twice, but like you said, we are sometimes opting out for ourselves. We're getting in our own way Mm -hmm. because of this thought of, oh, that's cheating or they're going to think less of me or I'm going to be a burden or I don't Mm -hmm. want them to feel like I'm using them. Um, And so I loved how you reframed it in terms of it's almost an obligation, Mm -hmm. and you know, even reframing this idea of when you reach out to someone and ask for their help, you are giving them an opportunity to feel significant and to Mm -hmm. contribute to your success. Mm -hmm. And they'll be proud of that. And so it's you're giving them an opportunity, you know, to to help and feel like they Mm -hmm. are worthy. Right. And so Mm -hmm. absolutely. So Mm -hmm. I loved the way that you reframed that and how it's almost an obligation that if you have that privilege or connection, mm-hmm. use it, don't let it go to waste, because then, you know, we we all lose out. right? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Well, I could talk on to you for to with you forever on all of these topics. But mm-hmm. um, I know we have to close. So I'm going to jump to the lightning round questions, which are my favorite, because it does kind of sometimes give us a, a glimmer of another side of you, um, or really kind of what helps shape you. So First question is, what book has greatly influenced you?
2: Sure. So my dad uh, is an author and a, a researcher in, in education. My parents are both both professors, so I went into the into the family business. And his last latest book is called The New Science of Learning, and hmm. it has changed me as a teacher, as a speaker, as a researcher. It really goes into uh, the brain science behind how we learn and that you can actually do it faster and make it last longer <laughs> if you just tap into those things. So that's, that's been
1: a really big one for me. Wow. Okay, Jessica, that is on the top of my list because that's what I'm yes. focusing on right now here at Beyond Carriers in terms of mm-hmm. helping people learn faster. I mean, we're all mm-hmm. about go further faster, but mm-hmm. the new superpower is learning and how mm-hmm. do you do that faster mm-hmm. and make it last. Um, so believe me, I will be running to the bookstore or running to Wonderful. Amazon and, and find <laughs> that. Um, next question. What is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Sure. So I have two. Uh,
2: one is uh, a Stephen Sondheim lyric from his show into the woods. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I say this to my students, it's the witch. And she says, I'm not good. I'm not nice. I'm just right. <laughs> but I don't usually use that one <laughs> because it's kind of bad for business. But, uh-huh. I, but, I do, but I do like it. And then the other one is, uh, is when opportunity knocks, answer the door, even if you're in your bathrobe. And that's Dolly Parton. I've always mm-hmm. loved that.
1: I love that one. hmm. What is one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself?
2: Sure. It's uh, appassionato, which is a music term uh, that means with passion.
1: And I I love it. It's my my favorite word. And I I think it really, (laughs) it really sums me up. Absolutely does. What is one change, a habit, a behavior, an action that you implemented that made your life better?
2: Getting up early. For sure. I uh, When I owned a vocal studio and I worked in the afternoons and the evenings, uh, I was more of a night owl and because I had the luxury of sleeping in. And now that I have two young children and a full-time job, when I was writing my book, I wrote most of it from, from five to seven in the morning. And I've maintained that habit because I, I really enjoy having that time.
1: Mm, I love that. That, that is a really amazing thing, especially when you have like a chronotype where you might be a nine Mm -hmm. hour, shifting that sometimes will unlock some Mm -hmm. uh, power. And like you said, uh, moments that you're like, this is better. I needed, I need to do it. And here's my favorite. And I'm sure you had a really hard time figuring this out. but here's Jessica walking out on stage about mm-hmm. to perform or speak or whatever to thousands of people in the audience. What is that power song you want playing as you walk out on stage?
2: It's roar. Katy Perry's roar, <laughs> yes. I think is, is what it is. And I had to really give that some thought, but I, I love that song. And uh, yeah, I, I
1: could definitely see myself walking out to that one. I love it. It's going to certainly round out our uh, Beyond (laughs) Barriers playlist, uh, for sure. Um, And I know that we're going to get this, and I'm sure with all of the amazing um, tips and insights that you shared on your podcast, um, there are going to be many of our listeners wanting to figure out how to stay in contact with you. But more importantly, you do have a book coming out in October, which I think is going to be phenomenal in terms of um, I am speaking and I love Mm -hmm. the title, but I am speaking, but talking about how to find your voice and use your voice. Can you talk a little bit about that? How can people get it? Because I know it's not coming out until October, Mm -hmm. but what's the best way for them to get it now? Like reserve, you know, a pre-order copy. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So it is available. Uh, I'm speaking every woman's guide to finding your voice and using it fearlessly. And it is uh, available for pre-sale on most platforms. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Walmart, all the places. Uh, I also have it linked on my website, which is just my name, Jessica Doyle-Mekes, M-E-K-K-E-S dot com. And uh, yes, presales are so important. So if it is something that Mm. That strikes your fancy. Uh, please, please check it out. And I'm going to be doing some really fun uh, talkbacks for those who have purchased from the presale mm-hmm. and when October when October
1: rolls around. Phenomenal. So we will certainly be there. And um we will figure out one way or another how we get you engaged here with Beyond Barriers and speak with our community. Um, Because I think voice, um, the whole idea around voice and confidence and making sure that they feel heard is something that always keeps them up at night. And I think it would be something that they would definitely welcome. But um, I'm excited for your book to come out. I did get a sneak peek. Thank you very much. And I think it's <coughs> going to be phenomenal. So... Uh, more to come. And I look forward to staying connected, Jessica, and good luck. And thank you again for, um, you know, granting us this time with you and all of the teaching and the sharing that you did.
2: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com where you can subscribe and find show notes, links and the best way to connect with our guests.